Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I'm Mary. And we will be your lore masters for the evening or for the morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Or even the middle of the night, you know, when you're getting a snack out of the fridge. No big deal. I'm not going to judge. Or even if you exist outside of time and you have like elder, you're, you're fighting elder gods. You could listen to so much stuff. You could listen to so many podcasts if you existed outside of time. I I would get so much done. I would get so much done. I say that, but I'd probably still procrastinate. Same. Like like Cthulhu. (laughs) Cthulhu would be like, hey, look, I know like time doesn't exist here, but we really need that stuff done um here pretty soon. I'd be like, no, I got it. I got it. It's fine. It's been seven centuries. Like it'll, looking at his wrist, like there's a watch there. It'll it's be fine. Been seven centuries. It'll be just fine. Okay. Okay. I suppose. So this week we are going to talk about the Red Wizards of Fey. We're going to travel back to the Forgotten Realms, back to Faerun, and we're going to discuss these uh, very well known and very uh, poorly regarded wizards. <laughs> From uh, from Eastern Faerun. I just, I wonder what they could have done to be poorly regarded. They're wizards. Aren't wizards just always great? Isn't that what happens? Everything is happy in D&D lore, right? Everything's always peachy keen. Unless, of course, you get a group of power-hungry, power-mad magic wielders who want are bent, like, hell-bent on controlling uh, the world, so... Oh, that does sound problematic. Yeah. Yeah, I could see where that'd be an issue. So the Red Wizards of Fae, also known as the Red Magic Cult. So I guess you were right in our pre-show banter. You're right. They are a cult. Or at least they're seen as a cult. Even if they aren't a cult, they're seen as a cult, which would be just as bad, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying if enough people label a thing a cult, isn't it kind of one? I mean, if if you're not a thief, but enough people think you're a thief, you're essentially a thief because if you walk into a store or into a market or into a merchant's, uh, you know, uh, establishment, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to treat you like a thief. So I guess you're right. So I guess they are a cult through through uh, public opinion. There we go. <laughs> they are the notorious and nefarious magocratic ruling class of the country of Thay. Of course, magocratic being a form of government where only those with an ability in magic, uh, only those with the ability in magic can wield power. So not something that exists in real life. Wouldn't that be great if we found out there was a country like, oh, that country's uh, it's magocratic, like only magic wielders. Like, I don't care like how bad that country is. I want to go see it. I want to go visit. I just want to go. Maybe they do tours. 
just like i like look i i am like whatever y'all do here you know like if it's like Faye, obviously like you know there's like a lot of bad business going on Faye. yeah maybe not i at least like want to see it so and i'm alluding to these bad things uh beyond their magical abilities they have also been able to remain in power for as long as they have because they are known to be one cruel slavers two demonologists and three arcane experimenters. They sound so pleasant. <laughs> when arcane experimenters is the least problematic thing in your resume. Mm-hmm. 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 Like I I don't know, maybe call me old fashioned, but I was brought up to respect magic and not to just experiment on it all willy-nilly. Yeah, that doesn't that seems like a good way to get on everybody's bad list yep for sure uh eventually most of them dedicated themselves into creating a nation of undeath so we go from really bad to somehow worse so undeath like nobody dies yeah like you know they all just get to liches and zombies and yeah lich forever uh, this was seen as a means of existence with boundless possibilities. So it's like, look, man, if we don't have to live, then we can do whatever we want. I guess. So greed. Yeah, I mean, which is really literally in, greed at the base level here. In keeping with, like, you know, like the Red Wizards, like sort of mantra as a whole. Uh, more recently, this philosophy on, you know making a nation of undeath has loosened up a bit, I guess, because they've sort of realized like, Hey, maybe you do need like some living people and humanoids and creatures around just, you know, just because. Right. Right. I feel like some of those becauses might, you know, loop back around to the whole slavery thing. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't know uh, how uh, effective a zombie is at, you know, slave labor, but I can assume that's probably not that great. Mm, yeah. For most of the history, they've held the status as the ruling class in Thay, and they've used this power to launch uh, war conquests into neighboring nations. They, uh, on the reg, they're constantly assaulting the nation of Agaron, which is in the southwestern part uh, most part of the unapproachable east and mm-hmm. uh, to the west the wildlands of Rashomon, uh to the north uh, it's I mean so they're like always trying like you said greed like they're always trying to get more and they're usually always fought back they're always like pushed back into their own land into the nation of they but it doesn't stop them from always you know always trying goodness and when you see and they're also like kind of like braggadocious when you see red wizards traveling. Uh, they're always well protected, uh, as you know, powerful as they are. You know, they I guess they it would be beneath them to, I guess, um, get into a uh, a scuffle with you know your basic sort of um, vagabond thief. Right, right. Kind of got the arrogance to go with it. The nothing can touch us. So they've always got like various types of guards mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. not very quiet or discreet in their travels. They kind of like make a show of it. They want people to know that they're there. 
I mean, that red robe, that's a status symbol. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll talk about these red robes for sure. Like they take him very seriously. So let's talk about uh, their history. Let's talk about uh, where the red wizards come from. What are their origins? So right. way back in the 10th century, DR, Dale Reckoning, the red wizards were a secret group of Mulharandi spellcasters known as the Red Wizards of Mulharand. Now, okay. the Mulharand are like the ancestors of sorts for the Mulan people of uh, of whom like I'd say like 99.9% of the Red Wizards if they are, right. are Mulan. Um, okay. So yeah, so like the Mulharandi are sort of like... Um, think like sort of how like uh, many like English people can trace their ancestry to like the Anglo-Saxons or like other groups. Right. Uh, and Mulharand is what is like the geographic location that that is Thay now. That what That's what it was called back then. Okay. So, of course, you know, name changes and stuff changes like that over time anyway. Of course. Okay. Uh, like Istanbul and Constantinople. It's a song. If you don't know it. It's a great song. Uh, this group, uh, this group, this group known as the Red Wizards of Mulharan, they wanted nothing more than to achieve independence from the God King's theocracy. So in 922, Dale Reckoning, under the leadership of a Red Wizard and then later Zolkir, and we'll talk about the Zolkirs, Yathaz okay. Buvar, they raised an army and sacked the capital city of Mulharan. So pretty impressive, right? I mean, they... They, as far as, you know, independence goes, can't, you know, that's a pretty good start to getting your independence. Yeah, yeah. overthrowing, um, overthrowing a god king will do that. Uh, kind of a real strong uh, message to everybody around you, too. Exactly, exactly. So the god king responds by sending an army of his own to quash this rebellion. Uh, but even though it was enormous, like, way bigger than the army that the red wizards had mm -hmm. it was ineptly at in ineptly led so you know if you can't if you have a good leader you're not gonna right. have good soldiers right doesn't matter how many of them there are numbers don't win against tactics right and so at the battle of thazalar the two armies clashed and the red wizards just absolutely smashed i'm talking smash the gas on this army completely decimated which goes to your point you know it doesn't matter uh you know what the size of the army if you don't have good tactics if you don't have good leadership you're bound to lose which is exactly what happened here so uh, it wasn't just because of the red wizard's own power uh, or the lack of competent leadership on the other side. But the Red Wizards had a bit of an ace up their sleeve. They had a bit of a you know secret weapon, so to speak. What like a like 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 secret spells other people didn't know, or like maybe a giant beast or something? Like what kind of secret weapon? They had the help of what is described only as quote. And this is from the source book that uh, that I got this information from. Mm -hmm. The source book itself said an enormously powerful, mysterious, extra dimensional creature. 
Oh, that does seem like it would tip the scales in uh, one's favor. Just a little, a bit, little yeah. bit, yeah. So not not to digress too far away from the history of the Red Wizards, but we later find out that this creature, this power, enormously powerful, mysterious, extra dimensional creature, mm-hmm. was actually the demon lord Eltab. Uh, who is the ruler of the 248th layer of the abyss. Hmm. And Eltab is gnarly looking. I mean, it's, I mean uh, uh, beyond obviously like being a demon lord that is on par with Orcus or Demogorgon when it comes to power, like he just looks gnarly. Oh. He He's 15 feet tall. He like you were he's like a 15 foot tall humanoid. So he's got like two arms, two legs, stands up on him. Uh, and he's got the head of what I can only describe as like 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 a demon dog, like a dog that is also a demon, and he's also kind of wearing this sort of like even though it it's not like a like a mask or a helmet, it looks like it looks yeah. like one. It looks somewhere between a minotaur and a rabid dog. Right, because he's got these like gnarly antlers like sticking out of his head and like out of his body too, like these sort of spike things coming out right. of his body. Whew. And so like I'm saying like beyond the power that Eltab wields, I'm on the battlefield and I see that coming towards me. Like it could be as harmless as a puppy dog, mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. the, just the image of it is enough to get me, you know, hightailing it for sure. That is absolutely what a nope looks like. You are correct. And oh. so it's no surprise that the Red Wizards, like you said, were able to win the battle. Like, you know, having an full-on demon lord is going to tip the scales to your side. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it was on this day that Mulharan effectively ended and Faye was born. And one little side note that I found really funny and really interesting was that uh, even after this, that you know the 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 God King of the time and then subsequent God Kings of Mulharan, mm-hmm. uh, they continued to lay claim to the land and like even included it in their maps. Like, oh yeah, like that's our land right there. That's totally ours. Uh, but no one like you know. To the God King's face, you're like, yes, absolutely, your sire, your your Majesty, your Highness, whatever. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then you turn around, like, what a freaking schmuck! Like, no one believed oh, that. No. <laughs> no one in their right mind believed that you know Mulharan had anything to do with Faye anymore at that point. Wow! So they're just like patting him on the head. Yes, your majesty, you still own it. Of course, that's your land. Very much a bless your heart moment, for sure. (laughs) That is huge bless your heart energy. Oh, honey, with your head tilted to the side. So for about a century afterwards, Faye's economy thrives and the nation grows in power. But, you know, and this is, again, this is where like the cracks start to appear with the greed you know, the infighting between the Red Wizards and their large number, it uh, it didn't allow them to make any kind of decision in any effective manner. Like making any, making decisions about the government, about, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the people, whatever it may be, was extremely difficult. And right. so it was during this period of time that the Council of the Zulkirs 
was established. So the Council of Zulkirs, you have, there are eight of them, each of them okay. representing a school of magic. And the, of those eight then preside over their own provinces, and they choose rulers for each of those provinces. And those rulers are known as Tharches. Okay. So you've got, you know, several Tharches. They all, uh, you know, um, respond or they all uh, are under the tutelage or, uh, you know, right, em- employ council of, these guys. Of, okay. of a Zulkir. Okay. And then there are eight Zulkirs. And so these uh, Tharchions or Tharchionesses have absolute power in their given province, but they're always beholden to the Zulkir, who can remove them at will. Nearly absolute power. Nearly absolute power. So how does one, Mary, how does one become a red wizard? Well, I mean, we can't just go grab a rope from the closet. That's not going to (laughs) work. You better not. You better not. And we'll tell you why very soon. (laughs) That is true. There's a reason. They are very, very selective about who gets to join the ranks and call themselves a red wizard. The title is extremely, like, real high up on their, uh, you know, their hierarchy, real high up the list. It's super selective. Beyond being Mm -hmm. a title, I mean, it's also, like, you now have power. Like, Mm -hmm. you now, you now are someone of authority in this land, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not, um, so it's not just like, okay, well, you know, we don't want to just give out this title to anyone, you know, having this title brings with it like other, I don't want to say responsibilities, but other perks and other sort of, um, social statuses. Right. That's, that's it. Social statuses. That's where I was aiming, but the words weren't happening. Words are hard sometimes. Words are real hard sometimes. Um, as it's indicated by the name, primarily wizards over everybody else would be chosen um, to become one because they, in say, oh gosh, we're going to rhyme. I'm sorry. Um, sorcerers and bards were actually looked down upon, which personally, I love a couple bards. Like, love them. They're great guys. But... Oh, well, I mean... I also know some really bad bards, some really That's terrible true. bards. I've so, never met a terrible bard yet, and I'd like to keep it that way. I've yeah. I mean, and so I on on the whole, I don't like, you know, the the inclusiveness of it. But right. at the same time, I can be like, bar okay, yeah, bards, maybe not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a hot take you got there. Uh, I mean, it's it takes a very special person to be a bard. You know, I I feel I feel as if I feel as if becoming a bard should be as difficult as it is becoming a red wizard. That's my hot take. Wow, hot takes, hot and ready. Get them while you can. I'm serving them up here on the D and D Lorecast. <laughs> um, they are also almost always a member of the. Mulan ethnic group of humans. So not only class, but also ethnicity as well. Yes. They're just ticking all the boxes for the worst people. They yeah, really yeah. are. They're like, you're like, like, no, not you, not you. Like you, maybe <laughs> not you. <laughs> it's true. So these wizards early in their spellcasting career, um, 
they begin to specialize in only one school of magic. And they that is like, that's their thing. That's the thing that they do. They pick one and they run with it. Um, they hone and perfect this ability, hoping to be chosen um, to be part of the highly respected and powerful ranks of the Red Wizards. Um, once they've joined this group, um, in further effort to enhance their powers in their magical school of choice, they must sacrifice study in at least two of the other schools of magic. They can never again learn any of the spells from those prohibited schools. That's crazy. It is. That is just, you can only do one thing and you have to do it really, 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 really well. So I did learn that if they already know one of these spells, like if they decide I'm going to, you know, sacrifice transmutation and I'm never going to learn another transmutation spell again, I shall, I shall transmutate again, no more forever. Um, They, if you, if you got that, that was a being John Malkovich reference, please email us at the D and D lorecast <laughs> at gmail.com because we should be best friends. Yeah, but that if way they we already can issue an apology, <laughs> no, no, I oh. apologize for nothing. <laughs> if you're not going to apologize for your puns, I'm not going to apologize for my being John Malkovich references. That's fair. You got a lot of pop culture references. I'll just stick that's, to my puns. That's all what it is. That's all that's swirling around in my brain oh, is D and D knowledge. You know, references from movies from the past thirty years, and um. I like Mountain Dew, and that's pretty much it. Some, you know, sometimes I even forget my own birthday. Oh, that's fair. I can understand that too. <laughs> so, if they so, already knew a, a transmutation <laughs> spell before they decide to sacrifice, uh, you know that that school of magic in mm-hmm. in pursuit of further, you know, honing and and enhancing their power in their preferred school right. of magic school of choice. They they still know that spell. They like they don't have to like, you know, forget it, I guess. So they um, can still cast it as they can, well? They can still cast it because okay. Well, because you know, knowing they, and casting are two different things. Well, yeah, they I mean they I mean they know it, they can still cast it. Um Interesting. I, would, I would guess that um at at a certain point though, um, you know, because they have to have these prepared spells as yeah. wizards, you know, they probably won't prepare them as often. Right. But um, but it's still it's still an option. Interesting. So speaking of prepared spells, um, as a result of this, this, you know, being, you know, there's no from having prohibited schools of magic, um, they can prepare more spells daily than other wizards and cast highly potent spells from their chosen school. Which does make sense. I mean, if you're going to focus in on one thing, you need to be or you should be capable really, of doing yeah. that better than if you're doing a little bit of everything right that yeah that made sense to me that aspect of it did as well as like okay yeah that tracks um additionally they were considered to be some of the most powerful casters to uh with access to the most post- potent spells and arcane defenses as well so they're just these super powerful guys because they are super hyper focused on one thing and one thing only um, you can always recognize a red wizard in case you wanted to know, in case you're out, you know, walking, touring the city. I don't recommend going to Thay. 
especially wearing, you know, a certain color, a certain color, be frowned upon. Um, they're easy to recognize by two things. Stylized tattoos all over their bodies, especially their heads. Um, this indicates um, the Mulan culture at large. Um, however, there is some speculation uh, that these tattoos allow them to focus their magic in a more powerful way or are actually magical themselves. So magic tattoos. Magic tattoos. I love it. Because of these magical tattoos and it being a thing that they could use and it was accepted within their society, they went as far as to inscribe these tattoos on their slaves as well and use these slaves to infiltrate other cities. That's completely abhorrent. Like It is. These... They're just, <laughs> it's just getting oh. worse. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's red wizards. Like, who hurt y'all? Come on. The other thing that you can recognize them for, they're red robes. Of course. Matter of fact, nobody else <laughs> inside of Thay is even allowed to wear one, with the exception of the priests of Kosath, who's an elemental god of fire. And if you decided you wanted to, like you're going to be a rule breaker or a rebel and wear the I look color good in red. red. Yeah, I look good in red. No, no one's going to stop me. Oh, honey. <laughs> bless well, your heart what's the um, worst that could happen death penalty of death they will kill you if you wear red like if that red. is like regina george wishes she could <laughs> being john malkovich mean girls i'm running the you, gamut here Let's you just... are all over the place <laughs> yes yeah that's 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 me that's that's how my brain operates. Uh, so we're <laughs> going to give my brain a little bit of a break. And we're going to go to the middle of the show where we thank our patrons, uh, talk about some news, talk about some stuff on the DMs Guild. And mm -hmm. when we come back, we'll talk some more about the Red Wizards. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show. The middle of the show where it gets a little midly is it where is. we... Thank our patrons. I that's for forevermore, you know, long after uh you know the, the show is is dead and buried and you know I'm an old man in mm -hmm, a nursing mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. whose grandchildren and children don't visit because he won't stop making mean girl references. I will always remember, like, I'll always think of the middle of the show as it being midly. And I, I blame the almighty crit, Aaron, for that. It is his, thank you for the legacy, sir. <laughs> well, we thank our patrons. We, we thank do. our patrons in the middle of the show. Uh, and this week we want to thank three specific patrons. Yes. These are our elder god patrons. Um, been here longer than I have. And here longer sure. than I have. Mm -hmm. So special thank yous to Wolf the Sheepdog, Tex Tinstar, and Remington Cloutier. It is just awesome. The dedication and the continued love and support it is vital, absolutely vital to what we do and so deeply appreciated. 
Yeah, I am. I am uh, myself. I'm coming up on one year of hosting the D and D Lorecast, and these three have been around longer than that. So thank you mm-hmm. so much. And in fact, Remington himself is coming up on two years of patron support. So thank y'all so much. If you um, are interested in joining the likes of these three great individuals of whom they should build statues of mm-hmm. and teach mm-hmm. children about at school, it's true. you can go to patreon.com slash lorecast. We have tiers as low as $5 all the way up to 75 bucks. Uh, they have stuff like uh, bonus content. You get patron plus installments, which is a, a little, it's a little extra, you know, like, you know, you, you, you get a, Just you get like a, me. you get a bite, you get a bite <laughs> of lore and you're like, man, I want another one. We're going to give you a little bit more in and these so patron. Get, yeah. I'll take go it. to the patron and you, that's where you're going back for seconds. That's where you're getting that second serving a little bit of cheesecake with a little drizzle on it. I'm hungry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You should eat dinner after this. I will. I will eat after this. And then uh, in addition to that, we also have bonus episodes. Yes. We also have uh, merch. We also have t-shirts. We have mugs. We have hoodies that are available to patrons. You can also get um, the these episodes early. You get your yep. own feed. They arrive on your smartphone, on your device a day early with zero mm-hmm, ads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to anyone trying to sell you anything except for us in the middle of the show. And it's <laughs> it helps us grow. It helps the show get bigger and better. It and does. all these wild ideas that we have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, can come to fruition. Yeah. And of course, if you uh, are in a position where you can't sign up for the Patreon but still want to support the show, you can absolutely do so. Uh, how can it do that, Mary? So... You can tweet at us. You can find us on social media. You can share with your friends, which is the best way to do it. I mean, we're going to be talking anyway, so we may as well tell people where to find some of the best information with some pretty great personalities. Um, Aside from that, I mean, go and rate us on whatever it is that you are listening on, whatever platform you're on. Go and drop some ratings. That also helps as well. For sure. And links to all the social media stuff and all that in the show notes as per usual. Uh, As far as news goes, a new Dritz webtoon has been announced. Now, are you familiar with the webtoons? I'm familiar with what webtoons are. They're essentially like, uh, like online comic books. Yes. Yes. I read a few of them but not um i have not come across any D related ones so well in 2023 you will see a new webtoon starring the daughter of dritz duorden and caterbury uh mm-hmm. daughter known as brie aka breezy she takes her father's sword twinkle and which i always love I've, i do always love the fact that dritz you know sort of you know, and I don't want to say it's like a, it's a, you know, sort of um, weapon of murder because Dritz like really only uses it when, when need be, but it, of it has necessary it, murders. It has definitely killed plenty of creature. Um, she heads out to find out what it takes to be a hero. So it is written by Perpa, the creators behind 
the uh, web, Webtoon Suitor Armor mm-hmm. and illustrated by Ryan Lacoute. And for those of you who are hearing this for the first time and get immediately nervous, you know, like upon hearing this, yes, R.A. Salvatore is involved in the project. Oh, good. So you have the man himself sort of acting as a producer of sorts, as a right. as a mentor. So that that enough that is enough for me to at least, you know, I mean obviously I'm going to read it. Right. I would have read it had Salvatore had nothing to do with it, but this right. definitely like calms my my nerves a lot. Absolutely. I've actually um Suter Armor is one of the ones that I'm familiar with. So there you go. There you go. Excellent, excellent creator. So uh there's a link to the official news in the show notes. And with that, let's head on over to the DMs Guild and Ooh. see what kind of fun we can get into. Well, this week we are talking about the Red Wizards of Fae. So why not a uh some content about just about them, about the Red Wizards? We have Fae Land of the Red Wizards from Alex Kammer, Alan Patrick, and the father, or even God of Forgotten Realms himself, Ed Greenwood. So again, you have something that is being worked on by the creator like sort of like you know how salvatore is involved with the webtoon so mm-hmm. you can breathe a sigh of relief this is also being worked on by ed greenwood the man who created forgotten realms who who created all of this so again you you have to be assured that it's going to be good content right you know that's going to stay true to what he had envisioned initially too exactly love it so known to the wider Forgotten Realms as a sinister land of red wizards, slavers, and marching undead armies, they is the distant or uncomfortably close menace that, quote, may become our doom if Zaz Tam turns his attention in our direction. Oh, goodness. So this tome is your guide to the Thay of right now. So, you know, uh, we do have Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms is the, the default setting for D&D. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't been uh, like a very like in-depth look at it beyond the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. And even then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there wasn't I mean, there there have been entire books in previous editions solely devoted to the Red Wizards. So and so that is that is this for you now for the fifth edition. Okay. It's a valuable resource for DMs and players alike. It sets forth the people and places of the land of Red Wizards what life is like, and seeds, hints, and secrets uh, sufficient to spur adventures for years of enjoyment at your gaming table. The PDF is available for $17.99 and is also available as a softcover physical copy or even a hardcover physical copy. They also offer bundles. Yes, I mean, if if you want to get the PDF and the hardcover or softcover, you'll get them both at a discount, which I appreciate because again, as we've spoken before, I, the, the absolute like dragon hoarder in me, like Mm -hmm. loves the physical Mm -hmm. book. I have to have the physical book. (laughs) Um, But the uh, convenience, uh, you know, the man who's, uh, who's like ruled by convenience, very practical, practical Sergio. 
practical Sergio, a shout out to our good <laughs> friends at the Mind Gap podcast. Uh, I have, uh, I, I enjoy having, you know, dozens of books in the palm of my hand. Uh, and then if I can have both at a discounted price, frugal I'm Sergio, yeah, that's where he shines. <laughs> so yeah, check it out. A link in the show notes, of course. And with that, let's uh, let's head to the end of the show and talk some more Red Wizards. What do you say? Oh, I say it sounds absolutely wonderful. I mean, they're not great people. The lore is great. It's great to learn about them, but it's they are terrible. To, right. It's good to know about potential dangers when you're out there adventuring. There you go. Hello and welcome to the end of the show. We're going to continue talking about Red Wizards. And of course, we will have our magic item of the week. Uh, what do you give us a give us a hint, give us a sneak preview of what this magic item is this week, Mary? Well, it's uh it's consistent with the color scheme. Nice. Okay, okay, cool. That's <laughs> that's enough. I'm I'm excited. You've piqued my interest. So mm-hmm. You are a you are of Mulan origin. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are a wizard in Thay. I want to become a red wizard. I think I have what it takes. I'm going to focus on one school of magic and do only that. You train and you train and you focus and and you become powerful enough that you garner their attention. And then finally you're plucked out from obscurity. And they say, like you. You, good sir or madam, you shall be a red wizard. So now that I am a red wizard, what do I do? So red wizards, you know, in addition to using their power to go on like war conquests and try to right. you know, take over uh, neighboring lands, right. they also use the power to change their own homeland of Thay through the use of weather controlling spells and to set up magical barriers that prevent unwanted visitors from entering. I now, imagine you'd need some pretty good barriers considering some of the things that they've done. I, I, yeah, I think you'd need a shield or two or three or four. Not that, you know, I, not that, you know, I have, would have people, uh, you know, showing up because of the things that I've done, but, I right. I would still like enjoy a spell that would prevent unwanted visitors. True. <laughs> if I could figure out how to just do that to my front door, that would be great. <laughs> just saying, if if I walk up and I see you on a Segway, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a no for me, dog. I could just get that on my phone for unwanted callers. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like just I don't have to worry about blocking people. So among uh, the Red Wizards that they are also among the groups that uh, independently uncovered information about contingent spells, which is also cool. Which is, I mean, like as much as they experiment in the magical arts and the arcane, you know, there are bound to be some, you know, um, good discoveries and advancements for sure. Right. So when they do go to war, I can only imagine as, as kind of, jerks the jerks that they are i can only imagine what they're like in war so what are their combat tactics like well um so they give orders (laughs) surprising right right um to their knights they boss people around 
right. Like the boss people around you, go do that. Um, other forces under the command, all their alliances and stuff like that. They work closely um, with the Saiyan Knights as well. So while they are arrogant and they are very cocky and capable in their abilities, they also know when to trust someone for tactical advice as well. Um, well-trained in the art of war, but they do listen to their closely trusted advisors, these, you know, Thean knights and folks of that nature. Um, they're also known <laughs> to practice circle magic, which is a form of magic um, that allows several casters to combine arcane power to maximize the efficacy of their circle leader's spells. It's kind of bottlenecking it. Ooh, I hit my microphone. I'm sorry. I got excited. Um, very exciting topic. I'm sorry. I'm gesturing wildly. Um, <laughs> so they kind of funnel all of this magic power to help one person kind of be able to cast more efficiently and to, you know, I guess, cover a greater area because they are very aggressive in their battle tactics. This is not a, you know, wait them out and see what happens. It's go in guns blazing and often using um, AOE spells, area of effect spells to be able to eliminate a larger area of people to take down as many people at once as they possibly can. I mean, say what you want, but it's those tactics are sound in battle. Right. right. It's they're not dumb. I guess you don't get to the top if you're if you can't go into battle and you're planning on conquering people, they're kind of I mean you gotta be good at it. You gotta be good at what you do in order to do it, right? exactly where did that come from where did that accent that acts oh i am full of accents it i'm sorry in advance because they're just going to keep happening so the next part of our notes and i love this i have no idea why <laughs> but you have it labeled where are these fools at it's true i do have it labeled that way um <laughs> so from mid 14th century on, um, I mean, they primarily in Thay, as their name would indicate, correct? Correct. Um, but from mid 14th century on, um, they maintained enclaves in many of the major cities across Faerun. Like a lot of your heavy hitters that you're going to hear the names of throughout. Like anytime you're, if you're in Faerun, you're going to hear at least some of these names of cities, you know, Baldur's Gate, things of that nature. Never um, winter, never ready. Never ready. It's true. Uh, and so, like, uh, for those uh, who don't know, enclaves are sort of like small, like um, communities within a larger community. Like, think like Little Italy or Chinatown, in, right? Like in our in our world. So you have these like little like communities of red wizards from Thay within larger mm -hmm. communities, like you said, like like Waterdeep, like Baldur's Gate, like Never Winter, right? And Never Ready. It's got to exist now. It's just becoming lore. <laughs> That's um, yeah. If I if we could get Never Ready as an official like city in the Forgotten Realms in Faerun, I think our work here would be done. I would keep going because I would want a little bit more. Once I got a taste of fame. <laughs> oh no, I'm power hungry. Um, <laughs> so while all of these little enclaves were like they're all separate they all still maintain the same goal power and money no i want you to read exactly <laughs> what you wrote in the notes 
Okay, so what is that in mind? And I want you to read it in the way it's meant to be read, and you know what I mean. (laughs) I do. This is this is why we don't. This is why I should have my own notes so you can't see them. (laughs) So what it says is they had one goal in mind. It is money, 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 and also power. And also power. So shout out to Tony, Tony, Tony. (laughs) Nice. Um, prior to the war, all of these enclaves acted as a uh, with complete unity, since they were each individual one was considered to be fey and soil. Like so, whatever rules of the city did not apply to them in that enclave in that city until after the war. Kind of like um, (laughs) kind of like United States, like or like just embassies in general. Yes. Except um, the country, or the city that the enclave is in doesn't really agree to that. I'm sure they're like, no, like, no, you, if you kill somebody, were you still like, no, like that just because you say so doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right. After the war, um, only the separated autonomy survived. So they were no longer going to be, they no longer received support from and help from say but they all still had the same goal in mind and were working towards those goals okay so then our next little bit since you're making me quote myself here (laughs) um says and i quote who's in charge here can i speak to the manager you may you may uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so who and what would that be so the leaders of the Red Wizards and by default, the rulers of all of Thay, since the Red Wizards are pretty much the people that control Thay, are mm-hmm. the eight Red Wizards that I alluded to earlier who comprise the Council of Zulkirs. Okay. Now, the Council of Zulkirs, they were established in 1030 DR. And according to uh, according to Wizards of the Coast, according to D&D, we are currently right around 1500 DR, about like in the late 1490s. So essentially, they've been around for about five centuries. Okay. Uh, each each member of the council represents one of the schools of magic. So, like right. as you said earlier, you know every every wed every every wed wizard, every red wizard focuses mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. one school of magic. And so as a result, you have, you know, some that are good at divination and some that are good at illusion. And so essentially like the best of the best gets to represent that school on the council. So you have uh, a member representing abjuration. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have transmutation, conjuration, Mm -hmm. uh, the aforementioned divination and illusion, Mm -hmm. uh, enchantment, uh, evocation or invocation. And of course, everyone's favorite necromancy do love necromancy i i kid myself and i say that if i was a wizard i wouldn't be a necromancer but i i in my secret heart of hearts i know for an absolute fact without a shadow of a doubt i would be a necromancer i think selective necromancy no you can't if you're in for a penny you're in for a pound (laughs) when it comes to necromancy is it oh okay i didn't i didn't realize there were rules oh yeah oh for sure there aren't many but they're there so (laughs) of course like 
you know, we've talked about how greedy the the Red Wizards are, and yeah. it's you know that's no different with the Zulkirs. All this power and all this hunger for more power usually leads to tension, if not open strife between the Zulkirs. Shocking. Yeah, right. And in fact, they even had a full out war, the war that you mentioned during the the talk about the enclaves, the Mm -hmm, war mm -hmm. of the Zulkirs. And this lasted for a decade from 1375 to 1385 DR. And we will go into further detail about this war and the Council of Zulkir member slash Archlich Zastam, who was the catalyst for it in a bonus Patreon episode later on this month. So if you are already signed up, be on the lookout for it. If you're not signed up and you're interested, then definitely check out patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. So since the culmination of this conflict, Zastam has ruled the Council of Zulkirs. And those who had uh, opposed him during the War of the Zulkirs, they fled. They and they eventually, like, did like gave up. They completely, like, you know, disowned or disavowed the Red Wizard way of life. You know, they they let their hair grow out. They uh, stopped wearing red, and they transformed themselves into a loosely organized merchant uh, merchants guild of sorts. That right. specialize in the procuring of magical items. Um, however, some of the exiled Red Wizards didn't take to the merchant life as easily as their cohorts. Um, as you can see in the fifth edition Rise of Tiamat adventure, they formed a group called the Thayan Resurrection, whose aim was to supplant Zastam, who they feel had subverted like true Red Wizard like uh, philosophy, mm-hmm. and they are their attempt to restore their nation to its former glory. And that, for right now, is the Red Wizards of Fae. So much lore. <laughs> it's quite a bit of lore. I mean, they they've been around for a hot minute, and like I yeah. said, we uh we will be talking about that war of the Zolkirs as well as Zastam later on this month. But for right now, let's let's hear about that magic item that that color coded magic item. It is. This is a magical weapon. It is a blade of unknown origin, so you can. I personally would go with a scimitar, but that's kind of where I always lean. It's kind of my favorite. Um, I blame pirate love for that. Um, It's called the soul siphon. Um, With each successful attack on a target, there is a, so it's got this little red, small shard of glass called a soul glass inside of it that gathers a chaotic charge after three attacks. Um, where you hit successfully so it so it's gathering all this energy every time you hit with it correct after three it becomes infused with a random damage type and then i have a list for you a d8 randomizer if you will you know acid cold fire force lightning poisoning poisoning poison psychic and thunder damage so it's a random damage type so if you're fighting like a like fire elemental you better hope that it does not end up on three 
Exactly. That's the, I mean, it's, it's gathering chaotic energy. So of course it has to be chaotic. So is it, so you say after three successful attacks, the blade becomes infused with this random damage type. Does Mm -hmm. it stay infused with that, with that damage type forever more? Or is it, is there a, is there a cooldown period? Uh, I would, yeah, it would absolutely have to have a cooldown period. You can't just keep going with it. I mean, sometimes battle can go on forever. So I'd say, you know, it'd have to have three turns before it could start doing that again. And it would be infused until it makes contact. Then, of course, you can roll for some, you know, acid damage, force damage, or what have you, and throw a couple D6 on there for a little extra. For a little extra. I like that. A little extra. The Soul Siphon. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast this week, allowing us to be a part of your life for this brief amount of time. Mm-hmm. Again, if you want to talk with us more, you can follow us on Twitter at DD Lorecast. You can email us dndlorecast at gmail.com. You can mm-hmm. join the Robots Radio Network Discord. We have a text channel on there. Uh, I'm literally always, I'm constantly on it. One, because I work from home. And so I have it open on one of my screens. And two, because I always have my phone on me. So uh, I will always, <laughs> I'm constantly checking it and uh, eager to talk D&D with just about anyone. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you're sparing my partner the the um, the dread of having to talk. She like, <laughs> I mean, she 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 loves that I love it. But you know, she could not care less about D and D. But she it loves that I am so. You know, it makes me very happy, yeah. which uh, which is the best that I could hope for. Um, but the more I get to talk to somebody who loves D and D, the less I I get to talk to her to her about it, and she's absolutely fine with that. So help save her sanity. If nothing else, don't you care about her, <laughs> listener, dear listener? <laughs> Well, that's about it. Like I said, thank you so much for listening. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.